guys, and welcome to the show. It's good to have you here. It's good to be here, considering we weren't here Wednesday because we had some very, very difficult technical difficulties happening on this set right now, but we got it all fixed up. And I'm not the only one here today who's going to be reacting to Jubilee's newest middle ground, which was gay conservatives versus gay liberals. We have Taylor in Nashville. I'm, I'm sure everyone's very excited to hear the straight white male perspective on this issue. So yes, very happy to be here. Right. That is exactly what we needed. And alongside Taylor, we also have Amir Odom, who was featured in this episode. Amir, welcome to the channel. Thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure being here. I love y'all. And yeah, this was a it was an incredible episode to be on. I will say that. Yeah, I so I knew that you were going on this beforehand because we had sort of talked for just a little bit that you were going to be on this episode. I'm curious before we get into actually watching it and, and seeing everything that's happening on this episode. What was the behind the scenes? Because we got eight of these guys showing up for liberal, for conservative. Did you guys get to talk to each other before the show had started? Was there any intermingling before? No, they were very strict on everybody not talking at all. We all got there and we were told, do not talk to each other. They set us apart like it's preschool, like different corners of the room, different closets, different dressing rooms. No one was allowed to talk to each other. The first time we spoke was when you see us sitting down. Okay, and just a spoiler, guys, this conversation gets a little heated throughout the video. Uh, was there any of that energy out the gate? What did you anticipate was gonna happen here? Yeah, so at first, you can kind of tell throughout the episode that, especially the liberal side, they were a little on defense, um, very defensive at first. But they kind of chilled out as the episode got on, but there were some very heated moments. And for all you guys to know, we filmed this episode for four hours straight, and there was way more questions that was actually featured in this video. So I'm hoping they release a longer version, but between the four hours, they did keep the most tense one. It okay. shortened, but it is the most tense to the point where even I got onto the director a bit. And I'm just like, what is going on here? And I have a feeling lot. we're all going to know uh, exactly what that question is when we get there. We are going to start watching the video so that you guys can get in on this. Again, this is titled, Is Pride Still Necessary? Conservative versus Liberal Gays. Let's watch. The gay community is over-sexualized. Okay, so you know what we always do on the show? We pause when we get the prompt. The gay community is over-sexualized. Are we walking forward? Personally, I'm walking forward. Uh, and I think you guys all know this. You know why. Uh, you've seen the pride parades. I'm no stranger to pride parades. For those of you who watch the show, the OGs, you know that I used to go to them when I was a child. My mother would take me to, to pride parades. Uh, when I was working as a leftist, I would go to pride parades. And when I was volunteering in my teenage years, around like 14 to 16, I would go to pride parades. And I live near the city of Orlando, which hosts one of the biggest pride parades in the United States uh, when that comes around. Now, I don't find anything necessarily wrong with going to these things when you're an adult and that's what you want to do. But as a child looking back, there were so many appropriate, inappropriate things that happened. Uh, men in like speedos to like no clothes at all. Instead of throwing candy from some of these parade floats, they were throwing condoms, guys. Uh, and if you don't think that that's over-sexualized, I guess that's your own personal opinion. I guess it's subjective in that sense. But even more so than just pride culture, I think a lot of gay identifying individuals 
really push forward uh, sexual messaging in just like everyday conversations in their relationships with one another. So I'm walking forward and agreeing. Amir, what's your take? Definitely walking forward. And everything you said is extremely valid. Um, I used to go to Pride Parades as well, especially my, when I first came out the closet because I absolutely flew out the closet. <laughs> I thought that it had to be the utmost identified gay person there could be. And when I was there, I had no business being there. I, I regret, I'm going to say this, but I won a twerking competition at a pride parade when I was in high school. When I'm looking back, that's probably highly inappropriate mm. um, that I was even on stage dancing to begin with. But that was a thing. And these pride parades are extremely inappropriate. And at first in this question, we'll go through it. Um, I was personally confused. So I wasn't sure if they're talking about pride parades or to being prideful of who you were. There was conversation between that, but Speaking of pride parades, no, I don't think it's necessarily uh, necessary right now. I wish it was, but it's too much sexuality. It's too much just raunchiness involved right now, and this is no point. Yeah, and it's not an acknowledgement of just how far we've come to as a society with acceptance of, of all of this stuff. So I think we'll get into that discussion. Taylor, I'm going to go ahead and assume you're walking forward on this one, too, and agreeing it's over-sexualized. Yeah, yeah. It seems like uh, in, in that community, like I can sympathize with why it might be that way, because uh, if you are in growing up in an environment or with sort of a perception that I need to society's against my sexuality, I need to repress that I need to hide it in some way. When you come out, I could imagine that there'd be like an extra sort of motivation to want to be very forward and sexual, uh, you know, very out loud so i can mm -hmm. see why why there'd be an incentive to do that so uh but yeah i do agree that it's maybe you know a bit of an overreaction and by the way i just got to say amir is there you know it's not surprising to hear you say about the twerking competition given your love for beyonce <laughs> i'll give you that i'll give you that that's fair. that's fair okay let's keep watching the agreeers please step forward The gay community, because you know it's based off of our sexual attraction, it has a very easy time going into a space that's all about sex. To me, being gay is a lot more than who I sleep with. You know, yeah. it, it's it's an experience from when I grew up. The movement used to be about love, but then you go to a pride parade now, and you're seeing old men with their genitals out. I think everybody has a right to like express their sexuality in, in the ways that they do it. So on those grounds, I'm not like offended by these old people like right. <laughs> doing what I they're do doing. What do. But I do agree with that. I think like one of the biggest challenges when I was coming out to my dad, who's Muslim, it was like my sexuality being gay isn't just about my sexual lust for other men. It's right. more about the spiritual connections, the in-depth things like me as a whole complex person. I do think that our experiences and our existence has kind of been trivialized by the over-sexualizations. I don't think it's inherently an evil. And the over-sexualization is apparent in the apps that we can get. I mean, okay. you can literally have sex on demand or you could find it in a location mm -hmm. wherever you want. Certain businesses are actually keeping doors open because men are having sexual relations in the bathrooms and that's inappropriate. I mean, we want our privacy too, just like women. And now we can't even have our privacy because a small sect of men ruin it for us. Yeah, and that was really frustrating too. When I came out the closet, it was like I had this innate pressure, like, oh, I have to download Grinder. I have to be super yeah. sexualized. And that's really bad on our youth because mm -hmm. all everyone has sex, I get that. But why is it that our community is so hyper-focused on that? I haven't attended many Pride events because of that reason. And I was able to go to Portugal and there was this queer retreat. And it was like the first time I felt like safe and secure as a queer person because it wasn't sexual. And I could have this, these relationships with queer men, but there's no expectation to be sexual. That's really interesting, Amir, what they're talking about there, where they say, 
in having joined this community and spoken up, I felt a pressure to act in in this way and to sort of commit to this sort of behavior because that's what everybody else was doing. And and you seem yeah. to also express that as well. Yeah, definitely. It's it was it's weird because it's almost like I guess a little bit growing up as you know a black kid in middle school, I felt pressured to do quote unquote black things because otherwise I'll lose my mm. black card or I'll get questioned. Why are you acting white? Why are you talking white? Why are you doing white people things? So it's kind of the same thing for being gay. It's that, especially for younger gay kids, we all just feel like we have to be what we're seeing in the mainstream. Hmm. That's just the only thing we're seeing. We're not seeing any normal, rational gay people out there. We're not seeing uh, any representation at all and of just normal people all we're seeing is the hypersexualized, hyper feminine characters of what gay is and so that's just what we flee to and emulate because we're not seeing it we're not seeing it anywhere else yeah and i feel like it also it ruins progress for the gay community at large right if you if these sure. people are going to choose to be the representatives and engage in this sort of behavior it really turns off a lot of people to you know wanting to move forward with any sort of progress when it comes to to rights and privileges so it's just a, a lose lose all across the board and mm. i can't imagine what that pressure feels like but it, it seems like nearly everybody who walked forward felt that very same way so uh, we're going to we're going to keep watching yeah, and we see it at the bars. I mean, it's a go-go You go to a gay praying. club, you you're getting grabbed. You're, you are. Oh, you're getting you You're getting grabbed. I mean, I avoid them at all costs at this point. Dang, what would Mill Brown be without Uragony? But you know, it's not just me. It's a team effort, too. Yeah, cheers to that. Back to it. I think okay. it's easy to generalize our communities over-sexualized because we're in it, so we're focused on it. But if you look at the straight community, I think they're doing a lot of what we're doing, especially now with more sexual liberation becoming a thing for them and their community. I also think that we have to remember, like, we've only been legal, as in, like, decriminalized in our sex for 20 years this year. That's crazy. Every year up until 20 years ago, like, there's going to be an explosion of people. You know, I get that argument, but it doesn't mean you need to be doing what you're doing in public, right? And even if straight people are doing it, <laughs> Amira, I see your exactly. hands. Yeah, it's like, uh, that doesn't make it like a, a sound decision for you to be doing that. And what nobody's brought up yet, and I hope gets brought up, is that, like, it's illegal. Like indecent exposure in front of people and in public is illegal. <laughs> it's literally illegal. It's raunchy. It's dirty. It's nasty. And it needs to stop. Just because gay people have gone through so much doesn't give us an excuse to act like feral rats in the street. Put on some clothes and act like a decent human being. It's not that hard to do. And it's not homophobic to to encourage that. Right. And uh, gosh, it's so interesting because I imagine that you guys will get accused of having internalized homophobia, which just makes me laugh. <laughs> yep, yeah, you'll see throughout. Yeah, there's a lot of that apparently in this video, in me. Okay, yeah, just so we all know, uh, Amir Odom has internalized homophobia. <laughs> oh. And guys, Dang. stick around. Uh, Amir is going to be engaging with the Super Chat, so if you have a question for him, uh, feel free to send it in. If you'd like to engage with the Super Chats, we'll do that at the end of the show people wanting to embrace their sexual liberation. And then you look at things like the AIDS epidemic in the 80s, like that took away so many people and it made us afraid to have sex. So this, in my opinion, is a way for us to overcome stuff and we definitely need to find a balance. The basis for making us illegal has always been based on sex. Right. And so being openly sexual in any way at all whatsoever is inherently a protest, inherently subversive. I mean, there are sexual things that happen in public that I'm sometimes uncomfortable with, but 
That doesn't mean that all the things we see and all the things our friends see represent the majority of experiences. A huge portion of LGBTQ people exist in zero public LGBTQ spaces. I think you draw the line of, of you do this in the comfort of your home and you can show affection in public. I don't know if we need to be like indecent in public. I don't know if that would be considered. How do you define indecent? I've been like in Maybe the law defines indecent. <laughs> what do you mean? How do I define indecent? It doesn't matter. Very clear what indecent is. Just the law. Right. Don't be naked. Like I. You really yeah. have to like mm. suspend. Ugh, oh my gosh! I we won't even we won't even go there. Let's continue watching. We'll have more for Mr. Barrett. I'm in a 20 year relationship, a 20 year monogamous relationship with my husband, and I say husband even though we're not married, um, but we're not groping each other in public. We can pack, we we joke around. When we walk into a room, they know we're together because we just hands? we give. Yes, absolutely. We hold we show extra affection at home in the privacy of our home or okay. in the privacy of friends' homes because we feel comfortable in that. And you know that what that though is your specific preference for public affection. There are a million rom-coms out there for hetero with heterosexual people and a fun, funny thing seen in that movie Correct. is straight people having sex in some public space. Correct. Uh, this is a... I still don't think that's appropriate. I don't huh? Which, which movies are y'all watching? <laughs> I'm confused. Also, still illegal. If you were caught by a police officer engaging in sexual behavior in public like that, you would be in trouble. And at the very least, you would be told to stop, pack it up, and go home. And by pack it up, I mean pack everything up, put your clothes <laughs> back on, and go home. Like Amir, I, I can't, I can't deal with this. <laughs> It was so, um, I'm getting like, I'm hot. I'm getting heated all over again with this conversation because they just kept making excuses to act a fool in public. It gets not that hard. I feel like the whole conservative side is just common sense. Like I'm not even saying anything wild. Just don't act a fool in public in the streets. And that's all we're asking for. But they're coming up with every excuse from sexual liberation, from the eighth epidemic to how we're changing society to be perverse. Like that, we don't need that. It's, it's put. It makes us all look bad. Right. You should be calling out the poor behavior rather than like trying to figure out some way to justify and and enable it. Uh, but this is gonna happen, I believe, more so throughout this whole video. Uh, and Amir, can we move your your mic a little closer to your mouth? People are saying the. Mic yeah. volume might be a little low. Anyways, we'll keep. Necessarily yeah. Yeah. People okay. I don't necessarily do either. I'm just saying we're talking about personal I think preferences. I know, but yeah. I think a lot of times in this, and I don't disagree with what you guys said, no, but a no, lot no. of times what I'll hear is like, well, the straight people do this. And I always grew up saying, I clean my house before I tell somebody else to clean theirs. I am not straight. Right. Therefore, if straight people are doing something wrong and gay people are doing something wrong, I'm going to address the gay people that are doing something it wrong. And not the like the people who yeah. have been setting the stage for all of us to like follow suit with. You know, like we live in a heteronormative culture, like right. everything that we see is based off of the way that they exist. The whole idea of over-sexualization and things like that, I think the danger in it is that for so long it's been weaponized against us. So we're always kind of like under this magnifying glass of like, oh, well, can I hold hands? Can I kiss this person? And then, you know, I don't think we necessarily have to like mimic quote unquote bad behavior simply because that was what was served to us. 100%. And just yeah. because there once was a time where people would have gotten upset at you for like holding hands or kissing in public doesn't mean that's the attitude you have to carry throughout your entire existence in a modern era where virtually everywhere that is no longer a problem. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Like there's no, no one has issue with gay people as much as they're making it out to be. Right. It's not that bad.
Like, it's crazy to me that, like, the, the Stonewall riots are going to get brought up. Like, Harvey Milk, stuff like that is going to get brought up. And it's just like, okay. But also, that was decades ago. I feel the very same way when black people constantly bring up, like, slavery and Jim Crow. And I'm like, okay, exactly. something to be acknowledged. But it's not happening right now. It's really not. Taylor, were you going to say something? Yeah, to Amir's point a second ago, just about common sense. Like, common sense would dictate that the goal should be to be free to enjoy your relationship and your life, you know, without worrying about what society thinks. But these guys that are concerned about uh, concerned about this and expressing the opposite view are seem to be making their sexuality like subservient to political activism, to where it's not about just being yourself and enjoying who you are and who, loving who you love, but it's about my sexuality needs to be a tool to promote xyz uh political causes but it's couched in all of this uh historic oppression and i have to fight the oppression because of this the identity politics that my sexuality puts me in and it's just it, it gets you away from just the essence of just being a chill person who's just living your life i mean again from an outside perspective i know no one wants to hear from the straight white guy but that's just what i'm saying <laughs> right <laughs> now we're going to ask ourselves uh, another prompt is pride necessary let's hear it pride is still necessary okay let's see who walks forward first and then we'll Pause for yeah, second. I think pride's okay. necessary, but we need a. Most people walked forward. Amir, you even walked forward on this one. So I want to give you yeah. your your time. Uh, what made you walk forward and say pride is still necessary? I think pride is still necessary in the sense that it is one to be prideful of who you are as a person. Just own that, accept that who you are, and be proud of who you are as a person. But then two. It would be awesome, ideally, if there were a pride parade to just celebrate love in general. Just mm. people that we've come to a place now where everybody's accepting and loving who they want to love, and that's okay. And to highlight notable gay figures in the space, gay doctors, gay CEOs, but that's just not the case. So yes, you know, I think pride is necessary in yourself to just own who you are as a person and not be fearful of that. I think it would be great if pride parades were more, um, you know, age appropriate and we all acted decent in public. But yeah, that's that was my reasoning for stepping forward. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, when I think about it, it's I, I hesitate on, on whether or not I would walk forward on this one just because of what it has devolved into. Because now I feel like pride right. is just segregated people into groups. And now it's, oh, here's the L and the G. And then here's the T. And then here's the Q and all this stuff. And then we start arguing over who's more marginalized, who deserves more pride, all of these different things. But when you mentioned having like a parade that just celebrates love in general, where everybody can come or whatever, and we just acknowledge how far we've come as a society. Yeah, I could get right. on board with that, especially if it's not this like over-sexualized thing that we're dealing with today. Uh, and if, if we were celebrating the fact that all these different race, creeds, and colors are living together and coexisting in the United States of America, that would be something I would get behind and celebrate. But then it becomes like Black Lives Matter, Asian Lives Matter. It always gets separated into something other than what I feel it was originally supposed to be. And that's unfortunate. Exactly. Yeah. So let's see what everybody else has to say on this. PR revamp. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think we need a rebrand. Uh, I take a lot of issues with what I see at Pride Parades now, uh, just because, you know, as we've discussed previously, I think that it, it's a little bit over-sexualized. We're celebrating essentially sex rather than love. 
and we have people running around riding bikes with their balls out in front of kids. And for me, where are you seeing this? Yeah, what I'm curious about that too. To? Um, in New York City and Seattle, both of those had naked people walking the streets. <laughs> walking San Francisco. One of them was on a bike. I saw the video of him on a bike. I didn't want to. I would see never it have my balls out on a bike. That sounds dangerous. Well, no, me either. It's right. dangerous. Me either. But, but it's, it's, it's the fact exists. that it is allowed because we have this shield of it's pride. Don't mess with gay people because of our history, which is is granted. But people are afraid to look at our culture and say that's not acceptable because if straight people were walking around doing that it would be a totally different discussion. I don't think that's the majority of the issue, though. I mean, the reality is that being visible, period, is vital. Absolutely. None of us will be alive to see the day when heterosexual people and homosexual people have equal agency in what's allowed and what's not allowed in the public space. What? I'm okay, fill me in, Amir. I'm not gay, so I don't know. But like, <laughs> what rights are you still fighting for that you do not have? <laughs> there are, at the bare minimum, I know there are some states where it's a little more tricky to adopt a kid. Okay, um, that's the fair. whole giving blood thing. But other than that, nothing. Literally since 20, like since marriage equality, the gays have been chilling. And I've always said this, the gays are chilling. And then 2018, 2019, that's when the trans started coming in. And then the kids and all these nonprofits for the LGB extended to the TQ plus and just hijacked everything. None of the bills, no, nothing has to do with the LGB community anymore. That's why I think it needs to split, but there's nothing that I can't do as a gay, let alone a gay black man in America. There's nothing stopping me from doing anything that Taylor can do. Yeah, I just find it hard to believe. Like when I when I hear these things, I'm like, okay, how how much more progress needs to be made before the movement stops? Like when does the movement mm -hmm. end? What is the laundry list of things that we've yet to achieve that, you know, we still need to work on and that's when everything's going to stop. And he makes this argument that our visibility is is vital is what he says. Sure, you could make that argument. Sure, you can say that this is something that needs to be acknowledged that exists. But visibility is very different from indecent exposure in public. <laughs> like That's the question at hand. And instead of validating that these two things are different, they go, well, what video did you see of guys, you know, being naked on their bikes? What video are you talking about? Which I'm pretty sure many of you who are listening to this program right now saw the video. You saw the evidence. You've seen what happens at pride parades. So instead of just owning up to that and saying, you know what? What? okay, but that's a small group of people, whatever, they're not representative. They're going, oh, well, what video was that? I didn't see that video. It's not a proper argument. Now we did get a $50 super chat, which means I have to read this immediately on the show. It's from Alfredo Ortiz. He says, I have an idea for pride where we just have a pride parade for the US where everyone, gays, lesbians, blacks, Asians, Hispanics, whites, Christians, Muslims, everyone goes down the road to show the unity we have. But that is just me. You know what? I can get behind that. I think Amir was nodding as well. Yeah, I can totally get behind that. That was a great commentary. Uh, yeah, if we just had a wholesome parade, I think it'd be fine. But like you said, it's possible for us to be visible without being sexual. It's possible for us to be seen without us acting a fool. It just blows my mind. It, it makes me so mad and <laughs> irritated. Yeah, it's like, I don't get it. How many times can you like make the same argument and say like, guys, we don't have to do this before people listen. Exactly. <laughs> We're gonna keep watching. Let's see. 
<laughs> Me personally, I actually think Pride is uh, very necessary. I love it. I wouldn't say Pride parades. I right. feel like um, you guys are yeah. leaning towards like the parades itself. Mm -hmm. Pride is like liberation, you know. Just proud of I, who you are. And yes, just and just yourself. yeah, accepting yourself mm -hmm. and having the people around you in your circle really accept you. It really tells the future generation like not only is it okay, but look how far we've come. Yeah. At 2011, you know, the Don't Ask, Don't Tell policy was abolished. I'm in the military, and had that not been abolished, I would not be able to be, you know, a minority, be openly gay, and still be able to serve my country. Yeah, and I want to just say thank you for your service oh, before you. I move on. And and that's a, a prime example of the pride that I would love to attend, is someone who highlights service members, gay service members, gay CEOs, people who are successful, who are contributing to society. Celebrate who you are, love who you are, but the pride is no longer about being overly promiscuous because we're not allowed to. We don't need to over... And even so, like I get, I get the argument that like now that visibility is possible, we want representation everywhere we can. But I'll be the first to say, I literally don't care if you're a gay CEO. I literally don't care if you're a CEO who's running your Fortune 500 business and then you go home and you're with a man. I do not care. The same way I don't care that a Supreme Court justice is black or half black or female or all these things. I can get how people are like cheering and going, you know what, we've come a long way. I don't know why that can't be just like a quick acknowledgement and then we move on. <laughs> Yeah, that's days. the uh, Morgan Freeman approach too. Of like, uh, you know, we'll know that we've made progress uh, on the racial front when it's not this massive deal that we're focusing on so much and creating these divisions in society based on these identity categories. We'll know we've achieved progress and equality and all that whenever it's just not a big deal that you happen to be gay and that you're a CEO or whatever it may be. Right. And I, I, we, I hope we get there at some point where it's just not something that we constantly have to acknowledge all the time but when you keep like reinforcing these narratives of oppression then it's going to constantly feel like something that needs to be to be acknowledged i get it here and there like i said totally understand but damn <laughs> how yeah. long it made it made a lot of sense back in the early 2000s to see brands have like a gay logo or see brands acknowledge like oh i have a gay manager because back then we couldn't get married heck even both obama and biden were like no we're against gay marriage and you know right. gay people in in that realm so it made sense back then when we weren't allowed to do a lot of things to see representation but 2015 on it's like like taylor said we're we're good now we're good. Now it's not an issue. But they're focused on how it was an issue. And it's going to keep going and going. And we don't know when this stops. Yeah, it's always, but it was, but it was, but it was, what, what, what? Okay, where are we at now, though? <laughs> where are we at now? <laughs> exactly. Correct to the point that we start to get backlash. We need to correct our PR. <laughs> I still think we're looking at a small group of the people that are at Pride. But the small said, group, like, so but they speak the loudest. No, but they don't always. You said you saw two people naked. Like, no, those two separate instances of groups of people who were I just got to pause really quick and talk to camera too. It's so funny right now that Barrett, the jean jacket, is the one who's saying the small group doesn't talk the loudest because we're going to we're going to meet how loud he becomes uh, later on in this video. The big things with a level of shame and then have to look at like, where are we shameful within ourselves? And why is that something that we should be ashamed of in general? Like, why is nudity shameful in general? I agree with you about nudity itself is not sexual. I don't think so. I have been to new places. It's not sexual, <laughs> but when you make it sexual, that's the problem. It can be indecent exposure at some of these things, and pride needs to not be complacent and address it. And it's so funny because I recognize Barrett Paul from his TikTok where he talks about, you know, child sex trafficking, uh, uh, child 
pornography on the internet and people who are dispersing it or whatever, but is somehow advocating that nudity is not something that we should really care all that much about in public, absolutely we should. That's where our children are. That's where our families are. That's where our communities are. And people shouldn't just be walking around nude hanging out with everybody, especially grown men and especially grown men at, at pride parades. So to have those two thoughts in tandem and somehow be justifying this behavior on the basis of past oppression makes no sense, especially considering his platform. My goodness, okay. This should be interesting. Yes, <laughs> he heels, come on. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm alone on this one. But the reason I'm alone on this one is because I organized one of the most successful prides in my community in 2016. I invited groups that were outside the norm, like the NRA <laughs> and the local GOP, including the Democrats. Because for me, it was important that this event reach the entire community more than just saying, we are a sexual being. We wanted to educate the people. I was told I was never allowed to help them again because how dare I invite a hate group like the NRA when all I wanted to do was arm LGBT people and educate them on how to protect themselves. Because as you guys said, there are those people who would hurt us. I live in a very, very red community. Okay, Mike Garcia is my representative. Ooh, and Santa I, Clarita? Yeah, it's Santa, yeah, Santa Clarita. But <laughs> I dress like this to galas, big government galas, realtor galas. No one has said anything to me. And in fact, all I get is positive uh, affirmation that, hey, you're living your best life. And I say, it's not really necessary because I can walk down my street in heels and braids. In and California. Yeah, you are so privileged in that yeah. way. Fuzz, I want to talk to you, Amir, on this one because you obviously have special insight here. Do you think, like, conservative groups of people have become more accommodating and accepting of, of homosexuality? Yes, tenfold. And I was nodding my head so much because I'm aware of who Mario is and I've met him back in 2019 at Turning Point events wearing that same outfit with big old heels and the whole night. No one cares. No one, literally, if you're just a normal human being and it's not like super flashing in someone's face, no one cares what you do behind a closed door. Hmm. That's just where we progressed. And it wasn't until... You know, you, you have the likes of someone like Lady Maga, who's like this Maga drag queen, and you have the outskirts of people who, you know, cause attention. But in conservative spaces, no. It Very was way, it, it just blows my mind how I was always told that all Republicans and conservatives, they're all racist and homophobic. But, you know, when I look at all the friends that I've lost for being who I am, they're all liberals. Hmm. And you're in Tennessee now, right, too, Amir? So, I mean, oh, what's yeah. your experience as a gay man living uh, outside the, the city of Nashville? Oh, yeah, outside in the country. And it's fine. It's beautiful. No one has a problem. People say hi. We're, I'm open. It's not an issue. Like, me being gay is the last thing on my mind hmm. and the last thing of my concern. I know I'm good. I know I'm safe uh 2a at that but i'm i'm good <laughs> at all times i'm never fearing for my life i'm never uh yeah I i'm good I'm, I'm not in fear for being gay <laughs> i've always been accepted dude that's how i feel about like being black in america i'm like okay for the most part like i can see there's issues here and there and there are certainly individual people who are still homophobic or whatever and who might want to say their piece but it doesn't speak to like a larger culture in this country and i think that's what people get confused uh, quite a bit we got another prompt coming up here so we're gonna move ahead a little bit and see uh what we've got this one oof this one should be 
an interesting one. Yes, in all those states. Yes, I have. I will say yes, I have. And I have had absolutely no issues. I walked into a backwoods bar in the middle of Nashville where it was a double wide that had been converted to a bar and it was one of those record what, scratch. What does your husband look like? My husband is six foot four and he's And there's your protection. That's not my protection. I walk in that community dressed just like this in these heels and not only do I not get hate, my husband gets more business. I mean, I'm so happy for you that this is true for you. I really am. Yeah, totally. But the reality is that you represent a small minority of LGBTQ people and how they actually experience life in America. To yeah, your like small. sense of freedom, which is so admirable, I think that those things are built on blocks of people who probably did feel that pride was necessary. So it's a beautiful thing that we can have the freedom to, you know, Change our mind. Admire that. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think we all want everyone to feel the way that you feel. Like, you don't right. need it. But that's just not the No, you don't. You guys are going to find out people who are victims are attached to their victimhood at their heart and soul. They want to keep it for as long as they possibly can. In fact, they'll twist issues uh, into being issues of oppression and homophobia if they can. They will spin the story as much as possible as much as possible so not not everybody wants to feel like they are completely accepted and safe even though they might tell you that but let's get and to this how about those guys in validating uh his experience he's sitting there saying like hey this is what my life is like living in these areas going to these events going around in these circles and they're just like no it's not really like that the reality is xyz it's like he's telling you the reality it's his reality and amir's uh, comments echo that so i'm not saying that like there are places in the country where gay people are less welcome or you know there's more stigmatized or whatever but at least let the guy share his experience and acknowledge that that's valid and they're not even willing to give that an inch right they go let me tell you how you actually feel about the situation let me tell you what was actually going on in your life now we did get another 50 dollars super chat from john bristol he says, a lot of activists take the most extreme position, so they feel like they're better than the rest of society. That's why after gay people became accepted by most of society, the goalpost moved to transgenderism and then non-binary. It is narcissism. I am inclined to partially agree with you. I feel like it's always the most radical prescription you can possibly get because there will always be people below you when you are the most radical. There will always be people who are unwilling to go to as far as you are willing to go for an issue. So you can constantly like pat yourself on the back and say, I did such a good job. It reminds me of the Jubilee episode that we reacted to before this one, which was uh, white liberals versus black conservatives. And there was a specific white liberal man in that episode who could not help but pat himself on the back constantly and virtue signal. And that's what people do when they're this radical in both directions, too. They have to say, you know, sitting on the high horse, I am better than all of you and I am doing the right thing. Hey, Dios mío. Let's watch the case. My name is John and I am a Patreon member who is asked to read you this next prompt. Okay. The LGB should be separated from the TQIA+. Okay. I'm walking forward for this one. You already know why. Even though I, at this point, don't agree with any of the communities at all. I don't think anybody should be lumped into a community because it insinuates that you all think the same or that there's some sort of end to which you are all working towards. And we know that's certainly not true. You could gather up 100 LGBTQIA plus people and ask them how they feel about one specific issue. And you're going to get 100 different answers. Yet they are referred to as the LGBTQ community. Same thing for black people, Hispanic people, women, men. Break anybody up into a community and and ask them one question, 
to 100 people, you're going to get 100 different answers. So where is the community? Like, what are we all standing behind? I I don't know. Uh, Taylor and Amir, are you walking forward? I guess we'll start with Taylor. I'm walking forward. And we did a quick poll, so you guys can answer that in the chat as well. But 92% uh, of you so far are also in agreement. And Amir. You snapped. <laughs> you <laughs> snapped. That is absolutely flawless what you said. Definitely, we need to be split up. We all think differently. And I say this in a prompt, but yeah, the LGB is different from the TQ plus LGB is asexuality. TQ plus is identity. And there's it's completely different has nothing to do with each other. Because even if you are TQ plus, you still are only one of the LGBs. Right, dude. So you, it, oh my gosh. If you're going to use that math or that science or whatever people want to call it, let's say that we do feel the need to split people into communities and you do say, okay, LGB here, TQ plus here. If you were to add them together, transgenderism invalidates being LGB. If you can switch from sex to sex or gender to gender, whatever language you want to use, then why would you reference somebody as a lesbian or a gay individual? Because a lesbian means a woman who likes women. A gay man means a man who likes a man. But if man and woman mean nothing and y'all can flip flop between the two different groups, then it makes no sense to have lesbian or gay. And if you guys want proof for this, right? Johns Hopkins University, one of the most reputable universities in the United States of America, known for bringing you your most accredited doctors, put out their definition of what it means to, to be a lesbian. And it said a non-man who loves non-men. That was their definition of a lesbian. And why did that definition switch within the last couple of years? Because now we have transgenderism and non-binary and gender fluid. And all of this means that we can just switch and flip and flop in between the two sexes. So if you put TQ plus with LGB, they are canceling each other out. It doesn't make sense. Amir, how does it feel to be a non-woman who's attracted to non-women? Oh, just I, this video, y'all, you don't understand how frustrating it was sitting there because you will learn that we're all wrong, that we're just, we don't have no basis of definitions. We have no shared reality anymore. They, they, we, this is a panel of eight gay, gay men who you will see cannot define what gay is. Mm -hmm. How did we get here? It blows my mind. Yeah, and we got here recently. It's been like five to 10 years and we just got here. Anyways, let me get back to the video. I'm getting sidetracked. I've got a lot of tangential points on this. Uh, let's watch. Saying they should be separated is not saying that one is you know, less important. Yeah. Agreed, so I yeah. do want to start with that. But I do think that the LGB is very specific, rooted in science. It's very clear as day. Um, you have lesbian, gay, and bi. Main difference between male and female, we all know what that is. The reason why I stepped forward with hesitation was because I think that there are such lived differences and experiences that we experience. Although collectively, I think that we all know the collective experience of being a sexual deviant. There just is a difference in lived experience that I think is is important to talk about and acknowledge, and that's my grounds for agreeing with perhaps a separation. My, mine is very different. Uh, to be clear, the science is very solid on uh, identities other than gender assigned at birth. No, it's not. Being valid. Science is very clear, robust. There is no question that it's legit. We, No, it's not. <laughs> as cisgender people, 
do a really bad job of standing up for people who aren't cisgender. I call out the fact that cisgender queer people are treated differently than non-cisgender queer people. And until we do better, we don't deserve to have the letters be together. Oh, much wow. better grounds. I, so, I mean, I, I kind of, I agree with what you're saying, but I think in general, this conversation can become very hostile because it, it seems like, you know, I. I'm like, oh, I don't want you to be a part, like I don't want you to be my friend, I don't, I don't want to be, be with you, be next to you, be seen with you, and that's not the case. One is an identity, and one is a sexuality. And that's just the simple dif difference between the two. Eventually, as both groups are fighting for their own personal interests, those are going to not work cohesively. So one mm -hmm. is going to be quieter, and one is gonna get taken advantage of, et cetera. And it's not that we can't support the TQ+, right. I just think that they're two vastly different things. I think that you, you oversimplify identity versus sexuality, though, because there are tons of men who Gosh. identify as straight who have, on occasion, with regularity, once in their life, sex with men, which is why... I, I think once with men, sure. I had to... I, 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 my jaw dropped before he even said what he was about to say, because I had a feeling he was going to say what he was about to say. Did he... I'm going to let him talk. I'm going to let him... Amir is cracking up. <laughs> Like, I'm gonna let oh you finish. Amir, do you have something to say before? <laughs> I'm just dumbfounded again. Like, that's what I was talking about. You cannot ignore the experiences of straight men who dabble with men. They are straight. <sighs> Bro, you got some work to do. This is the issue with self-ID. This is the issue with self-ID because now we live in an era where you can just say you are something and then everybody goes, oh yeah, okay. Oh, you're a furry? Okay, yeah. Oh, you're a cat? Oh, okay. You uh, you identify as a woman? Okay. You identify as straight even though you are engaging with men? Okay, right, we just have to say okay to that now. Taylor, I'm sorry. What, Taylor, real quick, what are your thoughts as a straight man? Yeah. Is that straight? Okay, well, first of all, I don't know. There's so too many mental gymnastics that I can't keep up with. I'm getting old and inflexible, apparently, mentally as well as physically. But uh, yeah, uh, I, I don't know what to say about all this. I yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, well, let him explain himself. Let's see what he has For to experience, say. But, experimenting, so but I think if there is a guy that's identifying as straight that sometimes dabbles with men. He might identify as straight, but he's so, not. <laughs> so two things. First of all, there are lots of gay men that we are allowed, that we can call gay all day and all night that occasionally have sex with women, and we don't question whether or not bi. they're gay. They're bi. But are you entitled to titling someone else's? Is that, up, is that up to you? The, the title is an objective fact. If yeah. you sleep with men and women, then you are bi. What if someone that you are that I don't talking care what about doesn't feel. agree? Yeah. If you don't that agree, that's fine. But the fact is, you sleep with men and women, so you're bi. Flat out. Can we not talk about who we're having sex with? <laughs> Just for this hey. problem. Because a lot of what's in the media today is sensationalized content about, you know, targeting children. Some of it, a lot of it is valid, and some of it is not. But a lot of times, it's gay men that are doing it, mm -hmm. and trans people are getting blamed for it when it's really gay men in drag. Right. And because the letters are together, people don't know the difference. And even when I first started like coming out, the first thing that one, somebody said to me mm -hmm. was, are you gonna transition into a woman? And I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. That has nothing to do with, with my sexuality. There's nothing wrong with doing that, but because they're together from an outsider's point of view, optically, I think if, we're, if our goal is to educate the populace on who we are, then we need to make a more clear distinction between LGBTQ+. Well, I don't disagree. I think it's just important that if we do that, we don't 
erase any of the validity of the people absolutely the we're not a part of and also right. Right. what i absolutely. what i'm what i wonder about in this context is some people are born intersex so they have sexual organs of both genders right. ah let's i love this one let's use the anomaly to justify the larger group love that argument it always works out super cool and it's interesting that he says, you know, I think I agree with what you're saying, but we can do so without invalidating the existence of the other group. The other group's existence invalidates your own. And as soon as you recognize that, I think uh, hopefully the, the the perspective changes on that. And we already explained how it invalidates LGB in order to even have a T. But I, I digress. We're going to get into an argument about intersex, which is a very, very small, a minute percentage of individuals, which by no means, you know, means that we change the definition of sex and gender in our country. How do we identify under the, circum under the criteria you guys have identified, how would we label them? Because if they have both and they <laughs> have sex with only one gender, what are they? What about intersex people? How do we label them, Amir? Intersex. <laughs> <laughs> intersex. Like that, that's the label. That's what we call them. It's an anomaly. Even if you're intersex, I'm sorry, it's not hateful, but it's wrong. Like you were supposed to be one of the two, but it was something that happened that by mis that just is wrong. Not saying not in a negative connotation, but it's not the norm. It's a medical issue. Right. It's called intersex. I it's very interesting because they, they'll get into this discussion around like with the whole what is a woman thing, right? Uh, a lot of people said, okay, well, a woman is somebody who can give birth to children. And then the left goes, ah, but wait, wait, there's women who can't give birth to children. There's women who are infertile. Yes, we understand that. There are anomalies within the larger group of women. But when a woman is infertile or can't get pregnant, we recognize this as something that is abnormal. She will go to a doctor and if she wants children, starts to go through the process of IVF and trying to fix this issue. So if we can recognize that it is an issue that lies outside of the greater population, then we can figure out what the definition of the greater population means, what it means to be a woman. So never allow them to use statistical anomalies, which uh, infertility is getting more and more common. But we won't get into that discussion. But never allow them to use outliers in the group to invalidate your definition of what it means to be a woman, what it means to be intersex, what it means to be trans, gay, bi, whatever it is, because they will try it every opportunity they get. You know, it's such a rare case. I'm not but saying it does I don't exist. exist. I don't, I don't think does. the exception makes the rule. Yeah, like think, there's think, people born with 11 I think fingers. As human you're, beings, you're, we like to package things that we can develop a palette for. We like to make. Oh, I wish you had been able to say your point there, Amir, where you said there are people born with 11 fingers. Yes, I wanted to elaborate on that so bad. I was like, let me just be fairly everybody get their time. But yeah, the people born with 11 fingers doesn't make it normal. Right. It, just, it happens. So all of a sudden, is it is it finger phobic to be selling gloves with with ten you know whole slots? Like, <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. How far are we gonna go? It just doesn't stop. Exactly. Every day. No, yeah, go for it, Taylor. I was gonna say, just out of uh, curiosity, I pulled up the actual number for the intersex, and this is from uh, our. Christina Buttons, who's with Colin Wright at uh, Reality's Last Stand, but she said, intersex conditions are genetic abnormalities resulting in se sexually ambiguous genitalia that affects 0.018% of the population. The existence of these developmental sex characteristics does not negate that sex is a binary system composed of males and females. Intersex conditions have absolutely no bearing on gender self-identification, and people with intersex condition have even asked that their condition not be appropriated for the purpose of transgender activism. There so, you go. There you have it. Yeah. Yeah, and that 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 point will always stand, and it will always they will always try to make it, and it does not 
does not hold water. It really does not. We're going to keep watching. Things more palatable. We like to establish clear-cut rubrics yeah. right. for what is and what isn't a person. I think that's just the natural human it's tendency. It's how our brain categorizes. But, yes. but I think that you know what separates us from the apes is that we can give oh. credence to these differences and create pockets of space at least for a discussion if you don't necessarily agree or whatever. Mm. You know. sure. And pause. We got a $50 super chat. I got to read immediately from John Bristol. Thanks again. He says, when he says, quote, men who identify as gay, end quote, doesn't that imply that being gay is a decision? Also, even intersex people are male or female. They have secondary traits of the opposite gender, but they still fit into either category. That's a fair point. It's interesting because we'll, we'll, we're not going to get into the debate as to whether or not homosexuality is a choice or whatever. It's not, not the grounds for that. But often the word identify is used. Identify as gay. Choose to be. Uh, and maybe that just might be slips on their part when having this discussion. It happens all the time. But as far as the intersex things goes, I was on a Jubilee episode that was uh, trans women versus conservative women. And one of the trans women on the panel was born intersex. And parent, her parents had to go through this very tough decision of choosing which sex they were going to move forward with. And uh, she felt as though her parents had made the wrong choice. So she was brought up as, as a boy and ended up feeling like the traits that were showing within her were more feminine and said, you know what, I'm going to transition to female. In a case like that, I'm like, you know what, that all day, that's your choice. You were born in a very strange, abnormal situation where nobody could have possibly known what the right, you know, decision was to make on your part. And that's something to also keep in mind with the intersex discussion. And there's room for the discussion, but it's not room to invalidate sex. And, and that's exactly what, what John was trying to say in his comment here. I think it would be an incredible disservice to the transgender community who gave us a lot of the beginning for us to fight for our rights, a separation from them, hmm. now that we have our rights. That's just so privileged of us. Like Marsha P. Johnson threw that first brick at Stonewall, and because of her. She didn't throw the first brick. Or the second brick. She got there at 2 a.m., first of all. And second of all, Marsha P. Johnson was also a gay man. So when she was fighting for those rights, she was fighting for gay rights because she was gay. Was she I a gay totally man agree. Of the time that it was? She didn't, she didn't know, transition she until gay. long she after Stonewall uh, actually happened. Yeah, but that's neither here nor there. We're here to defend, I'm here, I'm here to defend the TQ being part of the LGB. Yes, there are some gay men that will overlook what's underneath the belt. That happens. But to say that you, you have to like them, that's wrong. And I also have a heart for the Q because we can't clearly define the Q. When I was young, it was questioning. Now it's queer. Queer was a slur once upon a time. But I look at those people who were former homosexuals who now live a heterosexual lifestyle. They're never going to be accepted by the straight community, and they're not going to be accepted by our community. But I've put them under the Q umbrella. Those straight people who do have sex with the same gender on occasion, they would fall under that Q. They also, who says they're never going to be accepted by the straight community? I've never once, uh, it's never once occurred to me of like not accepting somebody on the basis of who they sleep with or who they fall in love with. So I just don't want to hear it. I mean, you could argue that maybe there are like Christian folk that won't be so accepting or like super right wing people or whatever. But like for the most part, in all of my existence of being a straight person, I've had very few discussions about the sexual goings ons of other people. <laughs> I try to keep that out of my uh, realm of existence as much as possible. So you do you, baby boo. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. They may not fall under the beat. So I have a heart for them because they do exist in our spheres. We just can't put them on a pedestal above any of us because we are all in this together. 
I also don't think that they should be divorced because I'm a huge disability advocate. I have a mental health condition. It's very different from someone who uses a wheelchair. We still have a disability. What you're getting at is that we're a minority. Thank they're a minority. You. And the more that you take apart those minorities, mm -hmm. the harder it is for us to fight for our rights. The queer community is already divided. I think separating the two is going to make them even more divided and a lot more nuance between queer or queer and T with LGB. It's a the trick you did, the, the the incident you made, or the accident you made in the beginning of this was even labeling yourself in the first place. This has caused so many issues. And now we're all just deciding who's minorities, who's not. Everybody's a minority in their own way. Why don't we just all lump together as one human race? <laughs> Problem solved. Because we're all a minority, so let's just each of us come up with our own little letter for the acronym, lump it all together, and then we can call it a day. Because if you're gonna continue like going back and forth over who's marginalized, what groups belong together, just lump everybody together. You guys say black people are marginalized, put a B in the LGBTQ, which is essentially what they've done anyways. You've seen the updated pride flag has like a brown line and a black line to represent people of color. This is where we get into trouble. And this is what the flaw in all of this argument really is, is that you can find people who are marginalized for different reasons all over the board, all over the world. We do not all need to like lump together in these in these issues and in our identities to just really further identify with them. This should be the least important part of who you are as an individual. And largely, our society is moving in the direction of it being less important. But these like left-leaning progressive people are raising their hands and going, no, it continues to be important. It is the most important thing about me. We need to band together. We need to create a community. We need to have pride parades. When everybody else is like, dude, you're fine. You can have the same like rights and privileges as us chill out, live your life, and maybe don't be naked in the street. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Amir, any, anything to say in this argument? <laughs> You're totally right. And they cut out a huge clip where we went down a rabbit hole discussing Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter. We have to bring up the discussion like, okay, you keep talking about this community and that community, this community and that community, and it, it all matters. I'm like, well, what's the, what's All Lives Matter? Right. Like you think that's so hateful, but you this is what this is becoming. You're saying that black lives matter, Asian lives matter, Hispanic lives matter. Like we get it. Mm -hmm. If you keep labeling and keep marginalizing yourself, it never ends. At what point are you just going to focus on the issues at hand that actually matter instead of calling out every single thing, care, uh, personality trait about you yep. to call the attention to yourself to kind of wish there was a problem on you or just to argue for your defense, but it's all just sociopathic behavior to me. That's it, just what it boils down to, just very yeah. self-centered behavior. A hundred percent. Like if I were to, you know, split myself on the basis of identity, I'd be in a group for, for women. I'd be in a group for black people. I'd be in a group for conservative this, you know, center, uh, centrist that. It, it wouldn't make sense to continue doing it. Yet we do. And what I hope these people come to learn is that it creates more animosity than unity. It creates worse outcomes. Black Lives Matter did more harm to the black community and racial tension than anything in the name of unity, right? There was no unity happening there, but we felt the need to separate ourselves to fight for this marginalized group. And I think we're gonna see the same thing happen with the LGBTQ plus community, because now you have the fringe group of people who are really radical, really extreme, talking on behalf of the entire group, and people are going to see that and judge the whole community based on that. And in fact, you're gonna create more problems than you would have had if you just were quiet about it and you just went about your day. 
I want to get into the argument before we get into to super chats here, because I want to get to the, the heart of this video and the meat of it all um, and allow Amir to talk about some drama that happened afterwards. Uh, so let's get there. It's a double edged sword, because in one way it's like, OK, well, we don't want to divide too much because we don't want to lose our united front against heteronormativity or whatever. Mm -hmm. But then at the same time, if we can't teach the nuances of our various identities mm -hmm. to a heteronormative society, then it's like, okay, well, oh, aren't you gay? Aren't you trans? Like, it's it's all the same thing to them. So I think it's mm -hmm. a balance between being all awash and then also noting that we are uniquely made up of Absolutely. all these different, yeah. different experiences. And but I think if we had a stronger community, that like, that wouldn't be the case. I'm sorry. No, no, you're good. Like, if you don't like me because who I am, I know that my brother right here or my sister right there is going to like me and they're going to support me. And that's all I need because it's all about my personal experience and what's in my circle. You don't need to be in my circle, but because it's within my own circle that I'm getting all this, you know, belittlement and hatred. Everyone just wants to be accepted, honestly. Like, that's the way it's looked at. And can't we all, to some extent, identify underneath the key? Your attraction maybe has shifted in some way to different types of men. Like things are constantly evolving, and in my opinion, fluid. So, to if you can all identify underneath the Q, there's no reason for the Q. Kind of force ourselves even into the LGB is to sit within the binary that doesn't help any of us, anyways. But I think all the Q stuff is just a matter of your person, your personality. Right. Like yeah. we have so many different labels and. You like this kind of person, then you're this sexuality, when reality just goes back to but it's not your a gay, straight, or bi, and then a, your personality. But our community is not doing itself any services by categorizing ourselves. Bear, twink. Yeah. Right. It, yeah. And then, yeah. and then you see it on the, on the apps, on the profiles. Oh, no fats, no fans, no this, no that. We're already segregating ourselves. We can still be a community while having a better way of explaining what the differences are between the letters. Totally. Because, right. I mean, even in our conversation today, you guys are talking about a lot of anti-LGBTQ legislation. And as if I was a gay person watching, I would think, oh my gosh, like they're coming for my rights. I'm, they're coming for my rights. But a lot of times that legislation has to do with the TQ+. And I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm not, we don't need to go into the legislation. All I'm saying is that the narrative that gay men are being attacked when other letters are, not giving any merit to the attacks. It is confusing and it's harmful to young gay men and their success because they're force-fed this narrative that they can't. That's totally fair, but there's been over 560 legislation bills put into a, like some sort of vote, right? And over 220 of those have been for transgender. That leaves, what, around 300 plus, not just at the TQ? I think that there's a lot of nuance when it comes to the laws mm -hmm. that we have to talk about. There but either way, when you say over 500 LGBTQ+, plus, it, the, the distinction between the two gets lost. And I don't I, I, think that it's I really passed one of those laws. No I passed one of those laws in Nebraska that, was, that, that protects children under the age of 18 from receiving gender-affirming care and hormones. Because I've seen- And you're proud like, of that. Yes, I am. He should be proud of that. Very proud I of that. I am so ashamed because, of you. Because I have friends who had their first experience the with affirming care. Can you can I finish? There it is. Ding, ding, ding. Where is the bell for that? We got uh, an internalized homophobia. There it is. Internalized homophobia. <laughs> I love that. That's great. Um, not every gay person agrees that you should be able to, uh, you know, mutilate the private parts of little kids. Uh, Amir, any, any. <laughs> exactly. Like it, it goes that to that extent. No one on that panel disagrees with the existence of trans people and think no one should be able to transition. We're talking about minors who cannot drink, cannot vote, cannot drive, cannot get a tattoo. That's who we are concerned about. That's who we are talking about. And as you see, this has opened up a can of worms. This turned into an episode of Real Housewives Gay Edition Jubilee. 
too much. <laughs> and it's about to get worse. <laughs> and but can I finish? We're sitting here but with because he's stuck. You felt the child. I'm sure a lot of us so disagree sad. with you, but let him let him finish because we both have. We can to all say. talk, but like let's let. Because when finish. I pass this yeah. legislation that you say targets LGBT people, I sat next to a young girl who her first experience with this type of care was a double mastectomy at 15. She's now 19, doesn't and know if she'll be able to. It's, it's actually not. very common. Because how common? I want a number. How Can common? I finish? How common? Can I finish, this is, you, you passed You're the law. You're asking me a question in the middle of my statement. You passed a law. You, you passed, passed a law that affects so many kids oh, from gosh. feeling like themselves. Yes, I did. Transgender kids. I'm proud kids. of my law. Oh I'm, that, that's unfortunate, and I'm ashamed if of you. If that's what it's going to take to get you to stop so I can finish my, my thought, I appreciate that. All right, you know so, what? I'm going to shut up until you finish, but I would really like to say something when you're done. Sure. The person that I testified with, who their experience was the a double one mastectomy. Person. Let, him the one let him finish. Person. Let him finish. Are you let him finish. 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 People talk. Okay, that one person was one person in Nebraska, but I know a plethora of what other people. Oh my gosh, he can't stop interrupting. And you said there was a little like spat between. Yes, this okay. was longer. Like this was cut, mm. but it just kept going. And I'm like, I looked dead in the director's eyes. I'm like, can you step in? Are you going to do something? Cause they all were just eating it up, which I get it. It made good TV, like <laughs> whatever. Right. But they were just eating it up. And I'm, I'm, I'm here for a conversation. I'm here for middle ground, but you're acting like you're not. And I was getting so frustrated because they kept ganging up on Mario. And I'm like, someone needs to do something. Someone needs to step in because Jamal's going to come out and pop off. <laughs> and for those of you who don't know, uh, Jamal is Amir's alter ego. <laughs> yes. Jamal is my uh, angry black man side. Yes. Okay, let's keep watching. Um, let him Bro, finish. Let I know finish. a plethora of other people in other states the all over this country. so easy. I know a plethora of people okay, all over the country. Can we not do this? Can we let them talk? You're pause. gonna get time yeah. to talk. I don't it's appreciate okay. it. I know, I'm serious you, too, but let's but let him deal. finish. I, he's pissed off more than you, and he's quiet. Just let him, you're gonna get your point out. Mm -hmm. Just let him talk. I'm good, thank you. No, you're not. Just let him talk. Okay, pause. <laughs> you say how many people? You say it's a small subset. But for the people who it affects, it affects them for the rest of their lives. A decision they made, they made as a child will affect them for the rest of their lives. This person will never feel their sensation on their chest. They don't know if they're going to ever be able to have a child and they know they will never be able to breastfeed. They will never be a woman in the regular senses. Mm -hmm. And this is happening more and more because we are conditioning our young people to say, hey, this is okay. This is okay. You can make these decisions. As a, as a, as a senior in this community, I have to say, wait a second. You guys are kids. Wait till you have your whole lives. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about this. Honestly, yep. shame on you for not going after the actual facts. I realize your anecdotal experiences um, move you, and I respect and appreciate that. But let's be perfectly clear. The most permanent thing a kid can go through is puberty, first oh, of all. So when you, when you deny goodness. a kid the opportunity to pause puberty, let, we're just talking, first of all, talking about puberty Which blockers. Which straight kids well, do on, all the time. All the time. It's, all the time. Yes, since the... I have so much to say here. Okay, first of all, straight kids are not pausing their puberty all the time. I actually had to go, like, go and look and see when the, where this was happening. Most commonly among straight children, if we even want to say that, straight children, just children in general, it's children who are going through puberty at a far too young age to be able to deal with it.
it. We're talking like eight-year-old girls who are getting a period or whatever and start their menstrual cycle and they go, do you maybe want to put a pause on puberty so that we can get her to an age where she's able to deal with it? Now, you can go back and forth with yourself as to whether or not you agree with that. But again, an anomaly among children does not justify you moving to a radical prescription of letting them get double mastectomies, pause their puberty, be on hormone replacement therapy. It is ridiculous to hear this. And it is not a very small group of people who are choosing to detransition or to look back and sue the doctors who are putting them through it. It is becoming a larger and larger group. And especially since we've only been talking about transgenderism this broadly for the past few years, you're going to see more and more as these children decide to undergo these operations, get on puberty blockers, get on hormone replacement therapy, and realize this is not for me anymore. I just read a story this morning of Luca Hine, which coincidentally enough was somebody featured in a Jubilee video who is going to be suing the clinic that allowed them to transition. And this is one of thousands of stories now. The Tavistock Clinic in the UK that had hundreds of parents come back and say, we want to sue you for what you did to my child. Clinic shot down and completely shut down here. You have families who are now in family court going back and forth with each other, arguing over whether or not their 8, 9, 11-year-old should be able to transition. Fathers fighting for custody of their kids from mothers who are trying to transition their children. It's happening all over the place. And... The reason they're so defensive is because they know this to be true, but they're just like being able to suspend their own reality in order to justify their very, very radical beliefs towards children. We know this to not be okay. In fact, about half the population agrees <laughs> that it's not okay. So to look at these guys who are saying, yeah, I passed a law that is, that is getting rid of that, and to say, you should feel ashamed of yourself, there is not consensus on this. And as much as they're going to argue that the science is clear, it is not. And if they push forward with these radical policies, look at where we're going to be in, in 10 years with the amount of detransitioners or people who have not even detransitioned but committed suicide because of the place that they're in in their lives. Just be direct about it. Be honest about that. And what it shows is that they are more beholden to their own ideology and agenda than they actually care about how people feel about this or about lives that are directly being impacted. Because if you cared about lives that were being directly impacted, you would give a holistic view of the situation and you would acknowledge that there are, in fact, a very large group of, of detransitioners and who are becoming more outspoken as medical malpractice continues in this country. Oh, my gosh. This conversation irks me. You can tell, Amir. <laughs> I just want to say, your words are just music to my ears. <laughs> They're the reason you have a platform. I'm sitting here like, she's just just spitting facts. Just fact <laughs> after fact after fact. And I don't understand why no one gets it. I don't understand why the liberals don't want to reach a middle ground and actually acknowledge that these things are actually happening. You want to point to genetic anomalies with children to justify elective body manipulation for children yep. that are being brainwashed to feel the way they feel just because there's like a little kid, a little boy that loves pink. Right. All of a sudden you're like, yeah, he should be trans. It just makes no sense. It generally makes no sense. And for them to sit there and act like this isn't a thing that's rising, to act like one isn't enough. For example, there, there, there got to a point where there were enough people dying in car accidents where we said, all right, we need seatbelts. Mm -hmm. How many children 
do we need to detransition for us to realize, okay, actually, let's wait till they're 18. Yep. Like, at what point are we going to sit here and realize that it is, we're doing irreversible damage onto children? And at what point are we going to listen to other countries that have already come to that conclusion? We're talking France, Sweden, Finland, Germany have all decided that this is not okay and this is not a proper course of treatment for children. And if they are going to utilize this course of treatment, only in the most extreme of cases will they allow this. We don't even have studies long enough to deduce what is the right choice to be making in these situations. But we do have ones that say transitioning children is not... So it's just crazy to see them so vehemently defend their their own opinion on this just because they are moved by their feelings towards personal identity. That that must be what it is. The 80s uh, kids video have been that prescribed you sent me earlier today about uh, there was this kid who was like maybe I don't know 8 years old definitely prepubescent uh, who mm -hmm. was offered a stack of $100 bills on one side, I think it was $10,000 yep. and then like a couple of Oreos. It's trending on social media right now. Yeah. And he's like, without hesitation, it's like, I want the Oreos. And yep. that's the level of decision-making power that uh, we're deferring to for allowing these children to go down a path that is going to lead to sterilization and all sorts of like a lifetime of being a medical patient and all these things uh, because they have this type of inclination. It's just so irresponsible. But that, that, that video just perfectly sums it up. It's absolutely nuts. And it's because, I, you know, I don't want to like psychoanalyze these people, but I am going to psychoanalyze them. They dealt with a lot of discomfort with their bodies growing up as, as individuals. We know that to be true. They've probably dealt with a lot of discomfort uh, surrounding their sexuality. And now they've decided but because they felt this uh, immense amount of discomfort and they found wholeness within a community and identity which is not where you should find your wholeness that other people should do the same and now that other people have spun this idea that I can change my gender and I want to transition and this is my new community they go oh well yeah I found wholeness in my community so you do whatever it takes to find yours but I can tell you right now there is no further thing from accepting your own body than choosing to get a double mastectomy and a sex change and hormone therapy. That is the furthest thing from accepting yourself. We should all be learning how to deal with, coexist with the person who we actually are as human beings. And people who are choosing to transition, and especially children, are running from that. And they're running from who they are before they even have the chance to understand themselves. We spend all of our human existence trying to figure out who we are as people, and most of us die without figuring that out. But you think an eight-year-old who would rather pick two Oreos over $10,000 placed in front of them is capable of telling you exactly who they are and self-identifying? Of course it's not true. <laughs> of course it's not true. And I don't know why nobody will just look them dead in the eyes and say, that's not true, you are wrong, and here's why. Because they need to hear it even though... We know for damn sure they're not gonna listen. I'm puberty blockers for a variety of reasons. And the, the law you passed prevents that. So you steal from kids who would like to be able to pause the ability to further. Fewer than 3% of people who do any kind of transition regret it and go back. Fewer than 3%. Finally, I wanna make this very clear. The, I'm not done. You were so mean to everybody else who wanna talk to you, my turn. He was not mean. There has been really robust standards of care laid out by all the leading medical associations that has been in existence for a long time that is science-based about guidelines for these things. But These medical associations that he's referencing, and you guys can like look into any of them, just pick or choose whatever medical association you want to use, are 
absolutely just disavowing and exiling scientists, researchers, doctors, and medical practitioners who come to them and say, this is wrong. As soon as they come forward and say, you know, I don't agree with this. In fact, I've worked with patients and, and gotten them out of this place of discomfort with their body. You're gone. You're no longer invited to conferences. In fact, let's go ahead and like take your license away. A great example you guys can look up is a practitioner by the name of Ken Zucker, who was working directly with uh, gender dysphoric children. And these gender dysphoric children that he was working with were changing their mind at a rate of 70%. This guy argues it's less than 3% of people who change their mind. 70%. And these are real life cases of children that he was working with who decided to change their mind and just started to feel more of a congruence with who they were and their bodies. So how is it that we're getting these two different numbers? Is it maybe that you're censoring and punishing the people who come to you with real research and ignoring the research done in other countries as I mentioned, Sweden, Finland, Germany, France, it's probably that you're ignoring them. But to be clear, the guidelines are very specific about this is supposed to be the parent's decision with their kid, with their medical provider. What you did was rob all those families of choices. Your opinion, because you believe you know better than science, you know better than parents, you know better than people who even do know themselves, you're gonna prevent them from having options because you personally have a problem with something that a couple of people and some other people you're aware of knew. None like of them are statistically significant. You, maybe you've got dozens of people you know of, hundreds. That's a teeny tiny little sliver. You will never know or know of all of these people and yet you've decided for them and shame on you for it. I think we all can Amazing. agree though that even though he's passed legislation, over 18, you don't care what they do. I don't care what they do. You don't, you're just more so protecting the, those, the kids. He's protecting that kids are he going have. To, his law is more so protecting those kids that are just tomboys, tom girls, that are just, that are, they're being force fed this idea like, oh, I'm gay, maybe I'm a girl. And then like, they're just like pink. They like are more feminine and it's like, oh, actually transition. And I don't it's think it's that simple. And I just hate I that this is bad. such an absolutist discussion on both sides because it's like you guys are like, no, there's nothing. No, don't. I'm, not, I'm not being absolutist. I'm not being absolutist either. Okay, but Please I just don't, don't put words think, in my mouth. Okay, I'm disappointed I'm, that someone can you let me is talk, proud please? to sit can here and talk? pass a law that harms children I got it. when we know that our we, queer we know community your point. We, we, we got it. is you know your so harmed already. We're All I'm saying is that your guys are not making space for the people who have gone through this process and regret it. I personally know someone in the same situation that yep. you were in, and I'm not sitting here arguing for either side because I think this is a very nuanced discussion. It used to be a two-year process. Now it's six months. Those things are changing because the capital and the motive behind it is now, which I'm sure that you guys on this side are against capitalistic you know, healthcare, that's pushing it. Mm -hmm. And those guidelines, mm -hmm. yes. Well, yes. And what, and There's a lot of money to be made in gender-affirming care. A lot of money to oh, the really? doctors who are. 1.6 million per child that gets on it. That's throughout their lifetime. That's how much that. There are so many money. other things that kids get that make people more. Money I understand that. that, but you're not leaving any room for nuance in this this discussion. Actually, I would okay. argue that you guys aren't leaving room for nuance because you're decide. You make a decision. I never made. I never said a statement. Well, okay, on I apologize. It. And for those of you that I have been mean to, I didn't. I'm sorry. I love and respect all of you as people. I don't think it's mean. Nuance think it's is a valuable, and that's why we leave it up to the parents and the medical professionals and the individuals who are making these, ch these decisions. There are people who get hair plugs and regret it. There are people who get nose jobs and regret it. There is no such well, thing. We don't There's give no, hair plugs not, and nose no, jobs to kids. There, like, kids no, kids there, can get nose is, jobs, okay. can get, get breast jobs. They, of course, kids are getting this all the time. What? Oh my gosh. <laughs> First of all, we know that's not true. I mean, there are definitely minors who like break their nose and get rhinoplasties along with, you know, fixing their nose or whatever. And I'm sure there's the odd elective nose job for for people who are like 15 to 18. But 
boob jobs and nose jobs, you think that justifies being able to make irreversible damage to a child that will leave them sterilized? <laughs> you think that that's okay? Oh my gosh. I'm not going to get too passionate about it. It's just a conversation, guys. <laughs> I'm gonna chill out. Amir, you didn't get much time to talk in the, in this segment, and we're gonna close out from this video. If you want us to do a part two on this, I am more than welcome. I more than welcome you guys uh, saying that in the chat down below. Amir, what was more that you wanted to say during this segment that you didn't get to say? Oh, there was so much in this segment. There was so much that they cut out. We just kept going back and forth on, you know, how no one like uh clarkson was saying no one was leaving nuance for the conversation opening to the people that do detransition it just kept invalidating well it's rare or well this well that and it's like but we're talking about irreversible damage to children right like that is the focus that's the core of what we're getting to no, they kept forgetting that we aren't hateful they didn't want to acknowledge that we're saying over 18 you can do whatever you want they don't want to acknowledge that we're saying uh we're not saying being trans is bad what we're saying is, hey, there's enough people detransitioning for us that we think we should hold off because they are children. But mm -hmm. they are getting lost in, in acceptance that they think that we should just accept whatever a child is telling us when in reality, children come to adults to be led. We raise children. Yeah. Parents raise their children. But yet these people just think that, yes, because a kid is saying, this is who I am, we need to respect that when we don't. They are children for a reason. They need guidance. They need life structure. They have no business, no, they have no reason to be getting any type of surgeries other than, like you said, of course, like, you know, someone breaks their nose, breaks their arm. I get it. Mm -hmm. But this idea that, that a kid should be able to say, yes, I'm 14 years old. I don't want to go through puberty. Pause it until I'm ready. I'm 14 years old. I don't want to be a girl. I want to mistake. Like, it yeah. blows my mind and it enrages me that, that this is even a conversation that I'm even saying out loud. <laughs> right. That we've gotten to this point where I we are having to defend kids who were sold a lie and medically did something that's going to alter them for the rest of their lives. And on the flip side, I understand a little bit how, you know, there's doctors like, well, if you don't transition them, like they may be, they may, you know, self-harm or whatever. But at the end of the day, one, a lot of these doctors are planting that idea in these kids' heads. Mm -hmm. And two, that can happen even if they regret it. And then now they're sitting here knowing they could never live a life of a real woman that they were meant to be. Right. It just, it, it's, it's sad. It, it frustrates me. It makes me angry. I don't know why this is something we're having to defend. Of course, we're always going to defend it. And we're always going to fight, you know, for the rights for kids to just be kids. And after 18, do what you may. But it was sad how long that discussion went on and the lengths those guys went to defend all trans kids. Mm -hmm. And the lengths even uh, Miss Jean Jacket, I call him Barrett, uh, that he's gone to discredit Jubilee as an organization and all the cast members and just the fallout from that and all the drama that ensued from this. 
because we simply care about children. Yeah, and let's talk about that for a second because we're we're about to get into super chats, guys. So send them in if you if you want to be read out loud today. Uh, but after this whole Jubilee episode comes out, it's got 1.3 million views now. Barrett, whose jean jacket here, will show him. Boom, there he is. Takes to Instagram and starts blasting you, but he's blocked all the conservative people who are on this yeah. on this show. He's blocked them and then starts blasting them on the internet completely blocked i'm i'm blocked clarkson's blocked we're all blocked but he's been talking so much hate and critiques about all of us saying that you know said i was paid to be on the show uh you <laughs> paid hilarious. me to be on your show before that uh you know clarkson gets paid he's just making up all these lies and if you look at the comment section everyone's tearing him apart they're like hey i'm a liberal but you made us look bad and he is not taking constructive criticism and it wasn't even we all left this organization, like this meeting, this conversation, fine. Because mm -hmm. you know what? We all talked. It was cool. And even Ryan, I'll give Ryan his flowers. Ryan came around towards the end, mm -hmm. apologized to everybody, gave Mario a hug, said, yo, I'm really sorry for my behavior. That is not who I am. I just got heated. Like, mm -hmm. I'm sorry. He is so cool. But Barrett's gone to the lengths to just completely blast everyone on social media, go on his social media and, and ask for... Uh, money for his emotional damage that he's going through. He's constantly That's been wild. slandering my name, Clarkson's name, Jubilee as an organization for hosting such a uh, anti insert the words, you know, everything discussion. It's just it's incredible the length that he's gone. Wait a minute. After this discussion and blown it up. He asked for money, like a GoFundMe for for emotional Venmos labor for coffee Venmos Ven for coffee yes Venmos for coffee for the emotional yes. labor that he uh went through is and again i would love to have a conversation with him but he's like a self-described life coach but in his video he talks about how after that conversation he went to the car to cry because he was so upset and how the conversation went and it's like everyone else even the liberals were like actually besides you know certain people getting riled up we talked a lot. Mm -hmm. And I thought that's why Jubilee had to sift through that video and really find the points where we were button heads because there was quite a bit of middle ground met in that video. And even with the liberals, Ty, the light-skinned guy, we're in a group chat now. He's become a good friend. We all still talk. So I don't understand how there was this much drama that ensued after it, but I guess I do if there's someone that, you know, just can't accept criticism and can't accept when, you know, people are pointing out that you acted wrongfully in a debate. Yeah, I feel like the times if I like self-search that I've been the most emotional in my life is times where I was wrong. And you feel that defensiveness sort of bubble up inside you and the pressure in your head. But it's really, it's not from the fact that somebody has offended you or that they've done something wrong. It's that internally you know that you are on the wrong side of this discussion and that you've mishandled this this situation. So I feel as though that's what happened to Mr. Mr. Barrett here. I agree. Now we're going to get into super chats. Uh, so if you've sent in your super chat, Taylor's going to get in and, and read these to us and we'll uh, react and respond. So let's do that. All righty. Let's see. Are we going to do the picture in picture thing? No, we'll... because uh, you'll you'll be so both on the same. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, we had a couple $50 ones come in from John Bristol. So we'll go there first. Uh, he said, transition should be banned on the grounds that they violate the Hippocratic Oath to do no harm, 
Reinforcing a patient's false perception of reality is objectively a harmful act. Yeah, it's not good. I mean, and there are maybe instances where you would do that, where you would say, you know, if somebody's having like a schizophrenic episode and they're seeing something, you might want to talk them through it and say, oh, what are you seeing? Where is this figure? You know, I've, I've heard many instances of that, of that happening. Uh, but does that mean that like we should validate delusions to that extent that you feel like you need to undergo surgeries and puberty blockers and hormone therapy? I'll grant that there are maybe instances of super extreme gender dysphoria where that would be what you would do and that this person is going to continue to harm themselves. Uh, one of the trans women on Jubilee was getting hormones off of the black market and injecting herself. Uh, in, in that instance, I would prefer you go to a doctor and do something that is, is deemed to be safer. But does that mean that's what everybody needs to do? No. And we're treating it like this blanket statement. If your kid thinks that there is a boy who thinks that they're a girl, oh, we better take him to the gender clinic and, and start on the process. Nope. This is the second one from John. He also says, when he says men who identify as gay, doesn't that imply? Oh, we read that one. Oh, we read that one. Yeah. Okay. My bad. Um, let's see, going down to the first one from today was your house says, congratulations on graduating. I've been with you for so long and I love seeing you grow. Uh, I love how you try and take a bipartisan approach on issues and go out of your way to understand and respect all opinions. Thank you. I really appreciate that. We're trying to keep that always in mind. Uh, we have been throughout the this entire show, but we're, we're doing so even more now that we're in this new independent space. So, so thank you guys so much for uh, acknowledging that and, and recognizing it. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Oatmeal says, hey, Amala, I was so bummed I missed your last lives, but I heard you played guitar. I've been playing for four years if you want any tips. I have not played guitar on live. I've played it. I play it live on Instagram so you guys can check it out. I do music Mondays sometimes, not every Monday, uh, but I do need to bring that back. I can't play guitar with these nails at the moment, but I, I will at one point bring it back for you guys. Uh, and Wednesday, we didn't have a live. Amir was all ready to go. We were all here and uh, our technology wasn't working. But we're back, so that's good. <laughs> and everything's working now. Yeah, go independent, they said. It'll be fine, they said. Uh, <laughs> we good. We on top of it. We good. Just had a little overheating. Uh, Mason Pyle says, liberals forget that the LGBTQ community is the most privileged class in the U.S. Hmm. Do you agree with that, Amir? I don't know. That we're the most privileged class in mm -hmm. America? Yeah. I... I don't know. In terms of the media, maybe. Yeah, because it depends on what you define privilege as. But I know, especially regarding, you know, gay people and even black people, you can't really say much about them. Fair enough. So I guess they're, they're a protected class, I would say. Would it say necessarily privileged? I don't know, because there's a lot of people that are annoyed by how gay people are acting in the <laughs> modern LGBTQ community. But are they, uh, you know, protected? And do they have, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, protective covers to do what they want? Yeah. I mean, you look at these pride parades. It's like public indecency, but the cops aren't arresting anybody. Right. Yeah. They're I feel doing like whatever they want to do. We all have our own little sets of privileges. It's kind of hard to deduce uh, who who is the most. But maybe one day we'll have to ask ourselves that question. Who is the most privileged class in America? That's the discussion that never dies is the, the oppression Olympics discussion. Right. 100%. Who's the most oppressed? 
Uh, just LOL says a private individual in the privacy of their own home is the same argument used in the sixties, which leads us to where we are today. Homosexuality should be rejected as well. LGBTQ is a package deal. Uh, you know, well, I, I obviously disagree for um, many a reason. I'm sure Amir would disagree too, <laughs> considering, uh, the just state of his existence. Yeah. Just a little, <laughs> do you have, do you want to respond to that? I think that's all I have to say. Yeah. yeah I think, you know, it's why. I make the content I make on my Instagram and my YouTube channel to show that just because someone is gay does not mean that they're think like all the nonsense that we see. That there are a lot of rational gay men and women that are, they're just regular humans and they, what they do, the gayest thing about them is what they do behind a closed door. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of people. And I make content for those people to show that we're not all crazy, that we're not all bad, we're not all deranged. And although I know that there are people out there that you have your right to have your opinion that will forever feel this way. I'm here to say that we're all not like the nut jobs that we're seeing out and about in public. Mm -hmm. And I will forever until I die, make content and speak out against the lunacy that we see. Love it. That's why we love you, Mir. <laughs> yeah, well said. Uh, John Bristol says Trump slash Owens 2024 okay uh, interesting oh my gosh for. i don't know what, how i would deal if that was the situation i would have to set that one out <laughs> uh nicodemus 1984 says am i the only one who quickly looking at the painting behind thought that people were looking at a ufo when it's just a beach umbrella yes uh i i don't know that you're the only one you guys can let me know in the comments down below if there's anybody else but that is in fact a little beach goer painting <laughs> you guys are so observant <laughs> i guess it does now that i'm looking at it, it does kind of look like a ufo but uh fear not it's not aliens it's a beach umbrella i thought about getting one of those uh, i want to believe ufo posters from x files for for my backdrop but i've never never seen x files never heard of uh, her it's it's a great 90s show mm -hmm. um okay let's see alfredo says amir just sitting next to a beautiful amazing vocalist and genius woman as amala not make you a bit straight that is, is Stop. Amala, if amala identifies as a woman lol oh my gosh she she definitely has um confused me a little bit because she's just so beautiful so i mean Stop. it can happen this is not allowed next super chat next <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, JSOL03 says, I don't think we can ever get to the point where we won't make it a big deal if a marginalized group is successful because, quote unquote, victims will always want everyone to know that they're victims. Yeah, that's the thing. It's all about mentality. Obviously, there are real instances of victimization and like we should give, you know, credence to that room for people to to talk about that. But at the end of the day, most of the time, I think victimhood is a, a real mentality that you can see your, your way out of or you can't. And that's why I ask, when do these movements end? Because at some point you will have gotten everything that you're fighting for and everything that you're asking for. So are you going to you know, put down the, the flag and the torch after that or no? Are we going to continue to identify with this? We'll see. We shall see. Yeah, it seems like, I mean, you can make a successful person and society, cohesive society, by focusing on values uh, that people can share. But when you focus on identity categories and oppression levels, then you're never going to establish unity. And it seems like for the people who are very invested in the identity categories and the oppression narratives, they're not looking for 
unity. They're looking for division because they kind of thrive off of that and mm -hmm. find meaning in championing the cause of the oppressed and pointing at the oppressors and, and trying to bring them down. And it's just this never ending narrative. Uh, and it seems like historically in this, in the country, we've, uh, we've been at our best in the culture when we focus on values that drive us all together and people like MLK who say, maybe we're not living up to those values in these different instances. So we need these movements to go back to those things uh, and to, so that we are living up to them. And that is how you bring unity. But anyway, there's my little soapbox on that one. No, Thank you, I totally James, agree so with you. I totally agree with you there. And that's why the content that we all make is so important because it's waking up more people to realize that they are not a victim that they're made out to be via the mainstream media. Mm -hmm. So the more people that we wake up to realize like, hey, you aren't as victimized as you may think you are. We're going to move towards a society where there are less and less of these fake victims and the people who have like, you know, this victimhood mindset in their head and we can focus on the people who are actually going through bad things instead of saying oh my gosh black lives are at harm lgbtq lives at harm when we're sitting here on youtube it's super fine like, we're good <laughs> right I promise you <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of like we talked about with uh, barrett at the end of that video like when you're so invested in a certain narrative and a certain way about reality like you have to suppress debate you have to suppress the experience and invalidate the experiences of people like deep transitioners whose experience undermines your entire narrative and worldview because the alternative is engaging in good faith and nuance and really having to understand the issue and all of its robustness and and account for everybody's experience and is is this working for everybody but when you're just running with these prepackaged ideological narratives that are much more simplistic than reality is then you uh, don't have room for nuance. You need these things to be true and you respond emotionally when things, and I, I know Amala, we talk about that kind of stuff all the time on the show because you have that experience sort of as a former radical leftist. And I, I've dealt with uh, some dogmatic Christian culture stuff that I realized was off. And that's kind of helped me uh, have some humility when coming to the table of discussions of cultural issues and stuff. Uh, and that's really what we're about is trying to actually get to the truth and be truth seeking, be free thinking and uh, understand issues on their merits and and uh, answer it in a way that is true for everybody, accounting mm -hmm. for all the factors, all the pieces of the pie that contribute to the issues of society, and not just honing in on one specific thing or one specific narrative and running with that when even when facts contradict it. So yep. again, so, yeah. Uh, okay, moving on before I go on another tangent. That's uh, <laughs> no, good. <laughs> Maria Indo says, I love you so much, Amala. Uh, but I don't really folk, but but I don't really focus things only around America. I'm from Bulgaria, the Balkans, uh, and here pride is a need. A lot of gays are still getting beaten up because they're gay. Yeah, see, that's that's a different thing. I feel like there's other countries where uh, what is happening would be much more necessary there than it is here. The issue is, right, I imagine there are some Bulgarians who are watching American news and they're seeing what happens at American pride parades and going... Absolutely not. We don't ever want that here, even though that is not an accurate representation of, you know, LGB people. So what happens in America trickles down and people start to see it and go, oh, that's gross. I don't want that in my country and makes it even worse. Um, of course, we, we live in the States, so we focus on on states news and things that are happening here. And rarely do we do we branch out. But I, I don't know that we'll visit 
Bulgaria, <laughs> as far as as far as news is concerning, I was going to say tomorrow's video is going to be about something that happened in the UK. So we are branching out a little bit. I know we have a lot of uh, listeners from in London and in in the UK at large. So tomorrow's episode is going to be about a little bit of world news. Huh. Going global, baby. We're going global. <laughs> uh, Daniel Santana says, excellent show as usual, and I love the new set. Oh, thank you, Daniel. I really appreciate that. I'm glad you guys like it. Let me know if there's anything I need to tweak. You guys said you, I need the Studio Ghibli poster. It's in my car, and I will put it up at some point. And I know we're having issues with audio levels. I think you guys said I was quiet and Amir was quiet. So thanks for bearing with us today. We're we're, we're still working out some kinks. It's new, new, newly independent, but yeah. uh, we're doing it. Uh, Mason Pyle says, this is off topic, but as a straight man, I have noticed heterophobia is on the rise. <laughs> what, it, what was that thing that happened on the internet? We're super straight. That was like a whole thing that people were identifying as to mean that they don't date trans people or whatever. Yeah, I mean... It's interesting that like, the, the word heteronormativity is used a lot, and I take issue with that word, not because I don't think like that uh, heterosexuality is prioritized in, in the world, but because heterosexuality just is, you know, most animals, human beings are heterosexual, so it's not being heteronormative to you know, display people and present people in that light. It is quite literally how humans procreate, move forward, and evolve. So we we use this term heteronormative as some sort of like negative thing when, you know, virtually everything in existence uh, that, that procreates, you know, uh, heterosexually. So it's just really strange to to use that word, in my opinion. Here, here. Amir, any thoughts on that one? I know what's you no, know, like, it's that's accurate. I mean, if you two dudes can't procreate, two women can't procreate, it's accurate from the sense that you know certain things are made for each other, and that's how it just works in our world. And there are countless species where this is that is the thing, but there are also on the flip side, there are countless species that you know have homosexuality right in a lot of different animals and you know it's equal on both sides but what is the main thing i'm born i'm here because of a straight cup like so that is i get what you're saying where it's like it's that is just normal like that's that is just yeah it. And it, it that's doesn't. how i'm here that's how we're all here that's how life goes on this is how life is created and i'm not going to ignore that fact either yeah, and that's it doesn't just, invalidate homosexuality. It doesn't invalidate people who, you know, you know, want to, to be with men or women who want to be with women. I think, like, that's the pitfall that we get into is as soon as you acknowledge that fact, they go, oh, well, you're being homophobic. No, I don't care. Like, what do you mean? I don't care who you want to, like, be in love with and marry or whatever. I'm just saying that, like, if you're if you're going to procreate, it's going to happen heterosexually. And, like, much of our science and concern uh, as human beings is surrounding procreation and evolution just on a, on a larger basis and on a broader scale. It's not to invalidate people. Yep. All right. Diva Dawn says, Amal, I'm so happy to see you doing your own thing and still bringing us your wisdom. I hope your platform continues to grow. Oh. Plus, P.S. Sis is not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you. Y'all know I hate the word sis. And by sis, not like, hey, sis, but like sis, C-I-S. We are, we are not about that word on this show, at least. If you are, I'd love to hear your argument. Drop it in the chat uh, down below. 
an important distinction on sis and sis. Yes. Uh, Oatmeal says, I'd like to offer congratulations. Thank you, Oatmeal. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. Andrea Holland says, hi, Amla. I love the new layout. I just wanted to say and let you know I have the same Logi mouse and keyboard as you do. Hey, I got this uh, because we realized we had set up this entire set and we were like trying to get the computer ready and like run our first test and uh, didn't have a keyboard or a mouse because it's always the little things, guys. It's the little things that get you. And I just ran to Target and I thought these were cute. So I'm glad that we have good taste and that we have the same mouse and keyboard. <laughs> Also, the desk Amla's using is really tiny compared to her old one, and so we had to get very tiny keyboards and yes. to uh, fit. Mice, it's it's really <laughs> tiny, and it has like this old timey crank on the side of it that I would show you guys. Like, if you want to move the desk up, you have to like crank it up. <laughs> like I'm Amish when I you do gotta that. Crank that. Uh, okay, Naomi Ford says, I may fall under the A part uh, due to being asexual, even though I'm still learning about myself and that term, but I don't really want to be a part of that community. Hopefully that makes sense. The good news is you don't have to be. The good news is you can go on about your business and figure out who you are and go on that journey of human existence like we all do and, you know, take it day by day. You shouldn't feel any pressure to lump in as, as a part of a, of a community. So I hope that nobody's pressuring you to label yourself. Completely agree with that. I get that one a lot. They say, Amir, well, what about the asexual people? And, you know, there are people out there that just genuinely are not sexually attracted to anyone or anything. Um, and you have your right to exist, but it also doesn't mean you have to be lumped into this giant community that you have to go to the pride parades and have this big old asexual flag. Like, no, just live your life as you. Mm -hmm. And it, it's okay. You don't have to feel any type of pressure to be something that you're not or to join a community that you don't want to be in. You're in control of your life. Do what you're comfortable with and mind your business and you will go a long way. Yep. That's the truth. Here, here. Christopher Alcine says, I never seem to catch you live. I'm always late. I want to say, though, that I love you guys and the work that you do. I love the logic and the truth. I love oh. you. Thank you so much. And I'm glad you finally got to catch a live. It's good to have you here. Welcome. A lot of love in that comment. We're feeling A lot it. of love. Uh, Diva Dawn again says, so happy to see Tennessee Taylor is still working with you. P.S. I identify as an artichoke. You must now uh, refer to me as artichoke self. <laughs> okay. Well, your artichoke self uh, is, I'm grateful that your artichoke self gave me uh, a nice comment about living in Tennessee. And I'm happy yeah. to be in Tennessee. And I, Amir is happy here too, right? Oh yeah, I love it here. It's my I've been all over the U.S. and this is my favorite place. Oh, we need to like get together. I need to come to Tennessee and we can all like grab dinner or something. Grab drinks, please. <laughs> it's starting to be sweater weather a little bit. Ooh, Fall's kicking in. My fave. Leaves gonna change. Got all the four seasons here. Love that. Love that for you guys. <laughs> love that for you. Okay, Christopher again says Pride parades became sexualized because gays wanted to narcissistically exercise pretty privilege within the community. Think Pretty hmm. Women and Fridays. Interesting. That's not a take that I've heard, and I have to think about that a lot more. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I don't know how what that has to do uh, with, with pretty privilege, but you know what? I'm open to your argument. Amir, do you yeah, understand that? Do you understand what is being said? I don't. I, I don't. Okay. I think um, <laughs> in the sense that, you know, it's like a fashion show. And that there is a lot of people who are trying to just show off how good they look and show off their different clothes and, and that type of pretty privilege, sure. But mm -hmm. uh, 
Yeah, I think as of today, Pride Parade is really just a money grab from big brands. Mm, yeah, all the sponsorships. Big, yeah, all the sponsorships. And it's a fashion show. It's a people just celebrating what they do behind closed doors and they just want attention. And then it's brands getting all this exposure and money. So, mm. yeah, that's just, that's what I think it is now. Fair enough. Yeah, well, there's something in that video of... Uh one of the guys was like we the society barely wants to acknowledge our right to exist or something like that and i was like dude were you not alive in june like that was <laughs> everybody's acknowledging every single tv commercial and every uh, shop that you walk past it's like I, I don't think anyone's uh anyone's being too aggressive against you these days in public but, right uh, anyways Alex says, hey, wondering where you were, Alex, a regular here. Uh, hey there, gang and Neo. Yes, I'm calling Amala Neo because after watching Tuesday's episode, you basically sound like you have the proverbial red pill in your hands now. And don't be sorry, dish out that criticism. <laughs> Alex always loves it when we come after the women when it comes to the dating scene. So I had a feeling he was going to like our princess treatment video that was posted on Tuesday, which you guys can check out uh, on all platforms where we talk about modern women who want princess treatment from their men. Whether or not you think it's it's justified i'll leave it to you you can throw it in the comments of that video but yeah go check it out i knew i knew my boy alex was gonna love that one. <laughs> oh, this one's interesting okay this is savrix he says have you noticed someone's voice will change when they decide to become quote unquote gay <gasps> they adopt a whole new way of talking i suggest it's fakery nonsense amir please i answer see this, this question amir. all the time why do they mm. talk like that there's a mix there's a mix of people who, one, actually have like a defined lisp where their tongue is just larger for their mouth and then they talk and it creates this lisp. Those people exist. But then there's also, there are the gay people that have the voice. And I think that voice, what I've, all these years, I think it's just like a country accent. So if we're here long enough in Tennessee and Deep South, you're going to get like a countryer accent. If you're up, uh, in New York, a more Eastern accent, I think it's just like the gays where when you're for, cause, because a lot of gay people, they jump into gay culture. And when you're jumping into gay culture, you're watching all the gay TV shows, you're watching the gay YouTubers, you're going to the gay clubs, you're around all gay people, you're around all these people who are using this same voice and then it just keeps trickling down generation to generation. I think it's literally no different than a country accent and that's how it's getting absorbed. Interesting. Some of it is fake. And there are people that I've met where they change it. And there are people that I've met where like, I don't even know how it happened. It just happened. So that's where I think a lot of it comes from. Um, but the people that force it, I don't know why you're forcing it. It's just cringe at this point. I've always wondered that. Say I force it. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> I, I just, I mean, I have a list, but I've always had a list. But I don't feel like I've changed my voice. But if I have, I definitely didn't notice. There are definitely gay men that like talk like uh kind of ghetto black women I, that's what i will uh, you know equate it to and i know for damn sure they are not talking like that behind closed doors like you know it there's no way yeah. they're being like girl this and that sis this and that i know they go home and they're like oh man it's good to be <laughs> there's actually uh it's actually i feel like they someone has to make a youtube compilation of this but there was this meme going around you may remember it back in 2014 2015 where trans people would go on omegle and hit on dudes and then use their real voice yeah <laughs> and that was funny 
So yeah, there are a lot of people who are like, girl, yes. And then they go home and they're like, oh, I'm so tired, bro. <laughs> so, it happens. We just had that Jubilee video of the, what was it? Like there was a guy who was disguising his voice as a Oh girl, yeah, as a girl. He did really like, well. Yeah. He did not. really well. It was indistinguishable from a woman. And kudos to that guy. It's talent. <laughs> Uh, we got a $50 super chat here from Cat4203. She says, I am a person from Volusia County, Florida in hey. long-term recovery. Uh, when I was actively using, there was a guard who used to be a male guard, but then is now considered trans and is now strip searching women, including me when I was there. Isn't this wrong? That is uh, very wrong. Also, I live not too, lived not too far from Volusia County. So uh, shout out to my Florida peeps, my Floridians in the chat right now. Uh, yeah, no, that's definitely wrong. I shouldn't be allowed. I don't know what else to say. You just really should not be allowed. You should be able to just like self ID and then start strip searching women. Uh, this isn't the case for the protection of women, which we talk about on this show in depth. I'm not going to rant again <laughs> today. I need to find you my mic cut off, except I'm the one who cuts off mics. <laughs> yeah, almost got all the power now. Yeah, for uh, real. But yeah, straight to jail. That's that's my answer to that. Uh, Alex Santeas says, please get shoe on head to do an episode with you guys. I think a lot of good can come from it. And uh, my bad, Amir, I tuned in late and forgot to add you earlier. Oh, I would love to have shoe on head on this show because I, I really like her. I love her Twitter. I think she's hilarious. So uh, maybe down the line, I'll reach out and ask if she wants to do a collab. I would love to have her on. Yeah, we reacted to one of her videos recently uh, on the state of men in society. It was a really good video, so you guys can yeah. check that out on the channel. Another $100 super chat from Alfredo Ortiz. He says, uh, Andrew Clavin gives a beautiful explanation for the nudity in feminism and LGBT. It comes from Lady Godiva, look it up, <laughs> where she rides a horse naked through the streets to gain a remission of the oppressive taxation that her husband leo frick imposed on his tenants i will have to check that out i really do um i, I do like andrew clavin a lot he's so very kind and he's very intelligent and clearly has a lot of wisdom so i'll have to check out what he has to say also alfredo what do you do for work sending in all these super jets also john bristol <laughs> what, what do you guys got going on at home <laughs> we love oh it gosh. uh we had like the homeless guy give a hundred dollars a few uh like last week one day or that is true was, like that was I'm like maybe you know if you can afford it great but uh maybe you might need that one more than us yeah. uh karen cater says congrats on your new show and you are so spot on nobody cares what your sexual preferences are and all the labels don't help me support uh and understand them further yeah, I'm like, who cares about that? The interesting thing is that whole law that everybody's against, uh, don't ask, don't tell, um, what is, is interesting because the, the slogan for it, I think for the most part, I, I stand behind, I'm not saying I stand behind the legislation, but yeah, like nobody cares, don't ask, don't tell. Of course, if you wanna have a conversation about sexuality or somebody's like pressing you on and really wants to know or whatever, then sure, I guess it's a basis for conversation, but like, who gives a shit? <laughs> cares who cares what you're doing in your bedroom because i sure as hell do not i've never had that like be at the forefront of my brain ever yeah and i don't understand why it ever is on anyone's mind like literally just shut up right it's okay just be you yeah and by you i mean you like not like you but just be yourself be a personality you don't need to make this whole charade of being zesty and being gay. Just, just chill. Just, just calm down. Oh my gosh. Just chill. That's our ethic on the show. It just is. Chill. We just chill. 
Uh, the autistic professor says literally screaming at my phone right now. Not sure which part of the video that was in reference to, but uh, we love I it. Imagine several. We love to bring out emotions in people. So I endorse. <laughs> uh, JSOLO3 says for more examples of the questionable decision making children have, look no further than the subreddit Reddit, r slash kids are effing stupid. Okay. I've not heard of that, but maybe I will check that out. Although I'm anti-posting kids on the internet. You guys all know that, which is why I will not show you that Oreo video, uh, but maybe. Uh, Alfredo again says, when I was five, I wanted to be Chinese. The reason I just wanted to learn martial arts and fight like Jackie Chan. But what came out was, mom, I want to be Chinese. You know what? And that's what would come out if you were a child, wouldn't it? <laughs> that is exactly what would happen. I can't imagine the different things I wanted to be as a child that I'm so glad I didn't start a transition process for. 100%. Uh, Alfredo again says, we don't let kids get tattoos, force their crushes to date them, or even drink, even though they say they will end their life. Why is transitioning any different? Yup. All questions we should be asking ourselves and figuring out, even though nobody's giving space for that i'm always reminded of uh, that scene in the office when uh, michael has to fire somebody and then he calls jim in to like jim play the role of michael firing him uh -huh. uh, and but jim, so jim fires him and michael goes i am gonna kill myself because <laughs> <laughs> that's what he's afraid that his employees are gonna say if he fires them and anyways just that, that tactic of going to that such extreme example it's like uh Anyways, uh, Grace Reimer just sends a super chat in Canadian money. So thank you, thank Grace. You. No message from Canada. Uh, Laurel Lies Not Animations. You guys have some interesting names today. <laughs> Says, I remember thinking while watching the Jubilee video that the guy who d did outreaches was especially overlooked slash bullied. While I was thinking he's so successful and put together. And I admired that about him as a Christian. The one in the heels? I think that's who he's talking about. Yeah, yeah Mario. Yeah, he seemed like he seemed chill. He seemed like he was just trying to like uh, do the work and you know be around people, organize. I'm sure that's the vibe you got, Amir. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's always been that way. He's very active in his community, uh, very vocal in his beliefs, and he fights to protect um, the kids. Yeah, he doesn't want them to detransition, and he doesn't want them to transition. Um, yeah, he's dope. Pretty chill. Nice. You mean the guy who oppresses kids by blocking their access to puberty blockers? That one? Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah that, that exactly. One. We're going to have to speed oh, through. We're keeping Amir here too long. We got, okay. we're two hours down. Just a couple, just a couple more here. Okay. okay. Here's Grace again. She has a message this time. Parents slash teens should explore more options for gender affirming care. Yeah, 100%. I mean, there should be def different avenues. Out. I don't like calling it gender-affirming care. I think it should be called something totally different. I, I think it should still be the treatment of gender dysphoria. Um, but yeah, there's certainly other options, a multitude that should be explored. I agree. I think there's gender dysphoria. But then I also think there's just boys and girls who are just tomboy and tom girls. And it's just a matter of allowing them to just right. dress a little more uh non in gender neutral clothing for a little bit right and as they go through puberty they just figure out themselves i mean my personality changed so much in middle school so i don't i think that's really a bulk of it it's just allowing people's personalities to shine 
Yeah, I'm all for my kid exploring like clothes or whatever if they want to try something new. I would never deny them that. It just doesn't have to speak to like a, a larger personality change or gender change. Crazy. All right. Joy Westbrook says, started watching you all at the beginning of the year. Love the down to earth views. Keep up the hard work. Can we bring the word uncouth back? Huh, maybe we will. Uncouth. That was very uncouth of you. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> it's like I actually pulled it up. It says lacking good manners, refinement or grace. Yeah. He's unwashed, uncouth and drunk most of the time. It's unbecoming of you. Oh, yeah. that's a drag. <laughs> You unwashed cooth. <laughs> <laughs> that is iconic. I love it. Feels like something you have to say in a British accent. Yes. Uh, Punkenstein says, I just think anyone can be a pain in the butt and we need to learn to just breathe and know that not everything deserves a response. Yeah, sometimes. Some people are ideologues and they just, you shouldn't bother. I agree. All right. And I think I just one or two more here. Uh, Nastrama says, I don't understand why so many people have this need to label everyone and everything. Social media has recently rotted our society so much. When I first learned about the label cisgender, it truly pissed me off. Yep. It's really, I don't think we're going to go like labelless in the future. Like, I don't think that'll ever happen just because of how we are, but we definitely need to reduce the amount of labeling that we do. It's, it's beginning, it's becoming unnecessary to just like completely divide, 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 divide. And, uh, so I think people will realize that eventually because it's just not sustainable. One more from Alex. He says, I know you said you wouldn't go back to be on the whatever podcast, but since you are now red pill, Amala, you should go and dish out that criticism. Uh, I, it was just, just, honestly, it was a two and a half hour drive to get there or something like that. Two and a half hours back. It wasn't worth the time, at least for the panel that I have. I saw Candace went on there recently and she seemed like she had some good back and forth. But at this moment, I'm coming at you from here, guys. <laughs> we're just getting on our feet here yeah uh cat 4203 again says how do you feel about all these sex offenders now saying they're women and getting to go be in women's prisons instead not okay we've talked about it on this show and it's going to continue to happen so long as prisons uh, are amenable to people who identify as women and it is men who are sex offenders of course even if you weren't a sex offender if you're a man chilling in male prison where there's like fights and territorial disputes and gangs and you know sexual assault all these things going on and you could just say i'm a woman and move to a woman's prison absolutely why would you not do that why would you not put yourself in a better position uh so yeah people are going to abuse that as much as they possibly can and it makes total sense that they would yeah the incentives there i I think this is the last one from Autistic Professor. I missed it earlier. It says, uh, the lack of informed consent and reality today is scary. Trans kids equals irreversible. Obese people equals love yourself and absolutely no health problems. Oppression Olympics equals faking disability and autism. Thinking emoji. Yeah, we're just uh, denying reality in a lot of ways. And we need to just explore truth a little bit more and just acknowledge that maybe there is truth in things that we that is observable and measurable that we can find and discuss. And it doesn't it shouldn't offend us to be able to discuss it. And on that note, speaking of discussing truth, I'm going to let uh, Amir say his piece. Amir, what do you have to say? Having gone through this whole experience, where can people find you? I know a lot of people in the audience are going to want to support the work that you're doing, support your YouTube channel say your piece go appreciate, for it i appreciate you yeah my overall experience it was i'd go back i'd definitely go back to jubilee and do another panel um very insightful i'm glad i was able to you know 
chat. It was again, it was a long conversation. I wish long more of it was released, but mm -hmm. it happens. Uh, I appreciate you all having me here. I love coming on the show. It means the world to me that you all will have me on. Uh, people, you guys can find me over at amirodom.com, Amir Odom on YouTube, and Amir Odom on Instagram. I'm mainly in those spaces. Uh, just wrestling with independent as well. Love it. Just reach 100K on YouTube, which Let's is get that. crazy. The Woo! channel just started in March, and we're at 100K now. So shout out to all of y'all and the supporters that we have here, and thank you for the love. And yeah, I'm just appreciative to be here, and I'm glad that we're doing the work to combat Cloud World because to that last super chat and your commentary, it I would say it's not so much that we are denying reality because these people they we are living in the reality they think it is reality we're just denying the truth for what it is mm. and we are not getting our language across in a very clear way and as soon as we get definitions down and we're able to sit down and have a conversation i think more change will come but until then we're going to be on youtube talking that talk and waking people up to the truth at hand because damn we're all tired of what's going on in our world right now but we can be the change we wish to see as long as we act and do forth what we can in our immediate circles and all around us i love that and yes if you are not following amir right now you need to hop to it go subscribe to him on youtube follow him on all his socials he really does uh, great work we're happy to call him a friend and a friend of the show who will most definitely be back as we you know delve further into issues like this and issues not like this amir's got a lot to say on stuff that doesn't really all have to do with the lgbtq community so go and check that out guys Thank you so much for watching. We had a long little two-hour show sitting with you guys, and I appreciate your time chilling with us. Leave a comment down below how you felt about many of the issues we discussed in this Jubilee Middle Ground. Also, if you like this video, like, subscribe, click the notification bell to be notified every single time we're live. That's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, plus we post videos for you guys every single day. We're hustling over here as we're independent, so we're trying to get you your content on the daily. We even have a video coming out tomorrow, as I said, venturing out across Across the pond uh, to the United Kingdom to talk about a story of uh, a shoplifter who has somehow become the victim of the situation. It's a crazy story. We will get you there and informed tomorrow. And guys, we also have a Patreon. If you want to support us now that we're independent, many of you are asking uh, how we can we support the show, the work that you're doing, the fight that we're fighting. Uh, our Patreon is linked in the description down below if you'd like to become a patron. All of the tiers of the Patreon get to enjoy these same perks because I know $1 to one of you is 500 to another person. So if you give $1 a month, which is our lowest tier on Patreon, you get access to everything that everybody else gets. So no pressure. You can support if you want to support. If not, you'll get your content still here every single day. Link is in the description down below. Guys, thank you so much for watching. I hope you have a fantastic weekend. Let me know what your weekend plans are also in the comments down below. And I will see you tomorrow in a video talking about the UK. Thanks so much, guys. Bye.